0: From the Photogenic Studios of Rodale Institute Radio at WLVR in Bethlehem, PA, it is time for another Perfect Bound episode of Chemical-Free Horticultural Hygiene's You Bet Your Garden. I'm your host, Mike McGrath. The holidays are bearing down on us like a tailgate and truck driver. And I should be suggesting gifts for gardeners. But I already promised to name more books that gardeners will love this week so on today's show, we'll name three books I love that also make perfect holiday gifts. Plus, Sam Lemheny, designer of the famed Philadelphia Flower Show, reveals what they have in store for us to rescue us from winter next month. And of course, your fabulous phone call questions, comments, kittens suggestions, and rudely Ruben-esque ramification. To so keep your eyes and or ears right here, cats and kittens because it's all coming up faster than you going ape over a full page picture of a honey possum right after this. Support for You Bet Your Garden is provided by the Lehigh Valley Health Network. In life, we have many kinds of partners, school bus partners, business partners, even gardening partners. Shouldn't you have one for the most important aspect of life, your health? Lehigh Valley Health Network, your health deserves a partner. Welcome to another thrilling episode of You Bet Your Garden from the studios of Brodale Institute Radio and Television at WLVT and WLVR in Bethlehem, PA. I am your host, Mike McGrath, coming up later in the show. It's the return of the book club, but this is a holiday book club. We're going to recommend three of my favorite books that also make the crossover into perfect holiday gifts for gardeners. We're also going to talk to my old friend, Sam Lemhenny, who designs the Philadelphia Flower Show for us to recover from the months of February and March every year. In Philadelphia is going to talk about this year's show and a special way that you can get in like a VIP. But that's all coming up. Right now it's time for your fabulous phone calls at 833-727-9588. Laurie, welcome to You Bet Your Garden.
1: Oh hi. Thanks for taking my call.
0: Thank you for making it, Laurie. Where are you?
1: Um I'm in uh, Humboldt County, McKinleyville, California.
0: What can we do for Laurie in Humboldt County, California?
1: Oh, thank you. Um, I'm hoping that you could clarify. Um, it's a concern that I had regarding some um, that I something that I heard on one of your recent episodes. I believe that uh, a caller had called in regarding some help with tick protection. Uh huh. Um, and um, and so I understand that um, that you had suggested to her. Um, treating uh, her, you know, the, getting clothes treated with permethrin. Um, and it just, um, it just seems to me that um, that's kind of a slippery slope um, in that, um, you know, it's, the, it's just treating the clothes and you're not putting it directly into the environment. But one way or the other, that chemical um, is so highly toxic to bees, um, our waterways, um
0: and cats that
1: and cat yes
0: and cats
1: (laughs) that my yes and my concern is that um you know one way or the other um is even though it's treated on clothes it'll get into our waterways and it's just one more chemical um anyway i'm going blah 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 no no no, you're not
0: uh, you're making perfect sense and i understand your concern This is something I wrestled with when I was the editor of Organic Gardening magazine. Um, We had really a lot of options um, to protect people from mosquitoes without using any kind of chemicals. But when it came to ticks, you know, God was in a bad mood the day he made ticks. I mean, something ticked him off. Um,
1: Lyme disease is no joke. I understand that, too.
0: It is not. And it's not just Lyme disease. It is other... Um I think they're called zoophobic diseases or um but a good friend of mine died from Rocky Mountain spotted fever here oh, wow. in Pennsylvania. He was out hunting, got bit by a tick. This was a big strong guy too and wow. he he just withered away. So um wow. what what I did this is probably my only exception um to my completely totally kosher Organic rules. Um, a good friend of mine, uh, Bill Quarles, um, publishes semi-scientific publications. They they report on the scientific literature, um, common sense pest control, and the IPM practitioner. Um, Bill's organization is called the BIRC, the Bio Integral Resource Center, and they're in Berkeley, uh, California. Okay. Um, and Bill has this theory of quote, common sense pest control. That if Uh, there is this one little corner of the environment that so far we have not found an organic answer for, and it kills people, um, makes them devastatingly ill for the rest of their life, um, is really a scourge on mankind, you, you know, it's up to you, but Bill would give them the least toxic resource. So, as I studied this, I came up with two weapons. One of them is a product called tick tubes, which you may be familiar with. They're cotton balls soaked with permethrin and shoved into little cardboard tubes that you spread around your uh, landscape. Mice, the prime carriers of the ticks that carry Lyme disease, will take the cotton balls back to their nests And it will not only kill all the ticks on those mice, but it kills all the ticks on any mice that come and go. Um, The Thursday night card game mice, the other mice that may drop off food, whatever. Any mouse that gets near this stuff, um, the ticks fall off them and die. And again, um, the so-called deer tick probably never saw a deer, but it had to spend part of its life on the white-footed field mouse. So there are many efforts underway uh, focusing on controlling mice to prevent Lyme disease, Rocky Mountain spotted fever, and other things like this. Yes, permethrin is a synthetic chemical. Now, interestingly enough, it is a synthetic variation of the botanical insecticide um, pyrethum, um, uh, permethrin, no, permethrin, pyrethrum, pyrethrum is the one of the oldest organic insecticides, and it is isolated from the leaves of uh, a flower called the chrysanthemum uh, 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 the um, the py, uh, the pyrethrum daisy, which is a form of chrysanthemums and it 's been used for untold centuries. People would dry the leaves and then spread them around the garden to kill insects now that 's even getting a much uh you know, a totally natural product into the environment. What I like about the uses of Permethrin, um, which is the synthetic version, is you never put it on your skin, you never spray it into the environment, and you never really even use it in a situation where bees would be attracted to it. So, I mean, it is... um, uh my wife had lyme disease it it devastated her um i know people who've had it you know just chronically for decades and you know they're still suffering and then my poor friend marty who got the rocky mountain spotted fever so i made the personal choice to contact the insect shield people they're the ones who make the uniforms for the military that are tick protective and i had them send me a pair of pants and a bunch of pairs of socks and the only time I have been bitten by a tick in the last 12 years is one beautiful March day where all of a sudden it was sunny and bright and I wandered out there's a little stream that runs past my garden I walked down the stream cleaning out little plastic trash and stuff and the next day I'm getting out of the shower and my wife goes did you scratch yourself and it was one of those nasty little ones that's really hard to get out and everything. Now, luckily, it it hadn't been attached long enough to do any damage to me, but every other time I would go out, I would stop myself and put on my tick clothes. Now, it might not be for everybody. You can protect yourself with, you know, total tick checks. The thing that I worry about, and this has been found many times, is people with really long hair. I used to have really long hair, I swear. It, I was sitting on it back in college. This is God punishing me. Uh, but people with really long hair, once the tick gets up above the neckline and into that hair, they're really difficult to find and get rid of. Um, and there is a, uh, a medical syndrome called tick paralysis. It was featured actually on um, one of the episodes of House, that great old TV series what happens is a a specific type of tick gets a hold of you and feeds without being detected you can become paralyzed completely paralyzed and unless somebody realizes what's going on and pulls the tick off you're going to stay paralyzed but as soon as they find the tick and pull it off the next day you can walk around again these are really evil creatures if you're going to do tick checks especially if you have Young girls or even young boys who have really long, thick hair, you really got to, you know, spend some time in there to make sure the ticks aren't there. Because the good news for people who want to avoid even this limited amount of insecticide use is that you have uh, a good couple of hours, even from the time a tick would attach itself to you uh, until it begins exchanging fluids with you. And not all ticks are carriers of disease. So you've got some time. And if you're willing to do perfect tick checks, and of course, if you have pets, you gotta be really careful with them and make sure they're not bringing any into the house. But you can do it. It's just a question of whether you're responsible enough, which I'm not, I know that. That's why I wear the pants. But you can avoid the permethrin. This is the big exception in my life. And I I appreciate you bringing it up because it is an honest argument. I've simply come to the conclusion that this is a great way for people to protect themselves. I don't like the fact that permethrin is involved. um, But I honestly believe the way it functions, the way it's used, does not affect the environment. Uh, That is my opinion. And the great thing about somebody like me in a show like this, you're welcome to take my advice or leave it because, again, perfect tick checks will always protect you.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Um, And again, you know, I do understand um, Lyme disease is no joke either, you know, so, um, but I I do really appreciate hearing from you. So thank you.
0: Thank you. And please believe, I'm being totally honest, I respect your opinion 100%. Oh, yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye.
0: Well, it's time for me to take a little break and remind everybody out there that the best time to lay in a supply of alternative de is early in the season before everybody runs and gets it before you. But don't you go run into the hardware store and search a calcium chloride just yet, because we'll be right back to find out how the 2020 Philadelphia Flower Show will save us from the month of March and take more of your fabulous phone calls. I'm Mike McGrath, and you're listening to You Bet Your Garden from the studios of Rodale Institute Radio at WLVR in Bethlehem, PA. Support for You Bet Your Garden is provided by the Espoma Company, offering a complete selection of natural organic plant foods and potting soils. More information about Espoma and the Espoma Natural Gardening Community can be found at ESPOMA.com. Support for You Bet Your Garden is provided by the Rodale Institute. Since 1947, the Rodale Institute has been growing the organic movement through research, farmer training, and consumer education. Learn more about local events, workshops and tours at RodaleInstitute.org. The Rodale Institute, because the future is organic. From the studios of Rodale Institute Radio at WLVT and WLVR in Bethlehem, PA, I am your host, Mike McGrath. Coming up later in the show, we will show you three beautiful books that not only make great holiday gifts for gardeners, but will learn them stuff about their garden as well. We'll also take more of your fabulous phone calls, but now it is time to welcome our perennial special guest, Mr. Sam Lemhenny, who is the designer of the central exhibit at the famed Philadelphia Flower Show, which occurs every March at the Pennsylvania Convention Center in Center City, Philly. Sam, welcome once again to You Bet Your Garden.
2: Thanks, Mike. Thanks
0: for having me. Um, thank you for being had, Sam. Now, I have a press release in front of me. If I'm reading this correctly, the theme of the 2020 Philadelphia Flower Show is Cleveland, City of Light, City of Magic. <laughs> is that correct? No, I think you got that a uh, little, little mixed up a little
2: bit there, Mike. We're, we're heading to Riviera Holiday. We're going to the Mediterranean and to the south of France and all the beautiful countries that surround the Mediterranean there that our exhibitors are going to showcase and bring to life. Um, Amazing. We're bringing some olive trees in Italian cypress, these amazing agaves and cactus and succulents, um, lavender, rosemary. So not only is it going to be visually outstanding and gorgeous as it, as it always is, but those smells and those, uh, you know, the aromas of the Mediterranean are going to be coming to life in that entrance garden as well. But
0: then everybody who comes from the local area around Philadelphia, which I realize is only about two thirds of the audience that attends the show, Sam, after this, they're all gonna move down to Southern Florida or San Diego so they can grow this stuff. Yeah,
2: well, I mean, certainly in the summertime here, you can grow these plants. They, they love the heat and, and, and in here in, in the summertime in the Delaware Valley, definitely. Um, it's definitely some plants that you can use as container gardens and and really help to to um, spruce up your gardens and add some different texture and different colors to your garden with these plants. But uh, yeah, it won't make it through the winter if you have a, you know, you can overwinter these if you have the facilities to do that, but uh, we'll we'll be showcasing some really interesting and really cool plants that you might not have ever seen before
0: too. so that's that's great. And to me, that is the spirit. That is the right. essence. That's the point of the Philadelphia Flower Show. It's yep. a show. You know, <laughs> a lot of people say they wanna go and see what they can do around their own house, and that's fine, but they miss the point. The point is it's a show. You're gonna see stuff that maybe you never saw before, uh, except right. maybe at Longwood Gardens or something like that, in the giant house. conservatory. Exactly.
2: In their conservatory, correct. Absolutely. So, yeah, Mike, it's it, it really is about transporting that visitor in the middle of winter when you're just coming out of winter and, you know, you've got those winter doldrums and you get to come into the convention center and see spring, really, that the first taste of spring, that flowers and trees that you're, you're just dying and craving for. But, Mike, let me correct you. We have so many ideas and so many great exhibits and so many great areas in that flower show that do tell you how to garden here in the Delaware Valley um, and in this area. It's it's there's, it's amazing. Not only do we take you to the south of France or to the Mediterranean, but we also have a home gardener hub, um, home gardening hub that, that gives you all so many different ideas. Our, our, our educational exhibitors, the university students, the high school students, the plant societies, all there are giving these great tips and tricks and all these great, um, fun in, in information that you can then take home and put in your garden um, and really make sure that, that you have a great garden. And after you saw all these great, amazing displays and exhibits from the Mediterranean, you can go over there and learn so much that you can actually do in your garden um, that we're really excited about having. We
0: started that last year and we're really just blowing it out this year to a, to a whole nother level for those home gardeners. Well, that's great. And be, how many acres do you have to fill? You got room for everything.
2: We do over 10 acres on that main show floor, plus all the other rooms and ancillaries where the butterfly room is and the the tea room or the brunch that we're doing this year. So it's all
0: we've got a lot of space to cover, but uh, we have a lot of people that come to. So we got to give them a lot lots to do. And um, I want to get to the three things that I wanted you to be on the show for like right now. And okay. I wanna tell everybody, you'll be here in person. We'll get you sitting in the same studio with me, whether you like it or not, Absolutely. Um, after the new year. But right now, the timing that I wanted to stress is flower show tickets make a great gift for the holidays, but memberships in the presenting organization, PHS, the Pennsylvania Horticultural Society, make even better holiday gifts. And, um, there's still plenty of time for people to receive their packets and everything like that. And when you enroll someone in the society, they get free tickets to the flower show.
2: That's correct. Yeah, you do. Um, depend on the level that you sign up for as a membership, but you do get free tickets to come to the flower show, but you also, your membership helps PHS and, and all the things that we do outside of the flower show that really help uh, Philadelphia and the region become more beautiful, and really building the communities um, using horticulture as that tool to to really make this place beautiful, not only from a visual standpoint, but also bringing people together of all kinds to to garden. And this is a great common denominator that we found with the Horticultural Society: that plants bring bring people together. They they get them talking they get them interested in things that you know this is this is a fun way to to get involved with each other and really sort of build those communities together and this is something that's really special that that, that happens with the horticultural society not only do we showcase and highlight that at the flower show but we
0: also do all that work throughout the rest of the year absolutely you've got the tree tenders who are helping to yep. reforest the neighborhoods of Philadelphia and restore that canopy, parts of which have been lost over the years. You've got uh, people helping with community gardens. And I I, I believe Philadelphia still has more community gardens per square foot, so to speak, or whatever, than any other major city in in the country, maybe the world. Yeah, Mike, we have over a hundred community gardens that we work with and and help to
2: to provide lots of information and supplies to, to make sure they have everything that they need so they can build those great community gardens and produce some food too for our city harvest project as well, where those those community gardeners not only grow food for themselves, but then they take the excess food, they box it up and we then donate it to Philly Share and um, they get to feed some of the folks that are in need
0: for that, for that food with the extra harvest that they have. And it's just amazing. I mean, you look at a, a food bank 20 years ago and it'd be cans and boxes, and it would it would be good food that would keep people alive. But now there is such an abundance, you know, well, fill abundance, of yeah, right. of, of of fresh produce in season. Um, that's really, I mean, if you have to visit a food bank, I mean, you want some fresh tomatoes and peppers.
2: Absolutely, and it's and it's so critical to, to the health of those, those individuals to make sure they have great organic, freshly grown fruits and vegetables. You know, certainly they, they get a lot of great other products and things like that from Cher, but um, adding this to the, to the list is just
0: helps that, that whole program even grow bigger than it is. And the Flower Show supports fun things as well, like, <laughs> like the pop-up gardens. I don't know if you've heard about the nights that I do Quizzo. At, Yo, absolutely. At the Pop-Up Garden on South Street, we have way too good a time.
2: <laughs> it's a lot of fun to come to the Pop-Up Gardens. We've taken some of these um, vacant lots that really haven't been developed in a while and we turn them into gardens and we we partner with a with a great uh, restaurant partner and provide uh, alcoholic beverages, non-alcoholic beverages as well as food there. And it's just a great outdoor location during the summer that people can get together, engage, and then talk about PHS. And you talk about gardening, and you're getting people interested in gardening just with your quizzo. And um, that's really the goal of those pop-up gardens is to get people out, get them socializing, but then have it the common common
0: ground there is, is horticulture and plants and sitting in this beautiful garden. I thought that would have been my main focus, but then I found the frozen mojito stand. <laughs> yeah, they do have some good drinks there, don't they? Yes, they do. And uh, <laughs> again, this, uh, the Flower Show supports all these things. So if people want to consider buying tickets or memberships in PHS um, for friends or family for the holidays, I know the website for the Philadelphia Flower Show is, cause you're so humble about this, theflowershow.org. Right, um, what's wrong with that? Nothing, nothing, nothing. We're the Philadelphia. Philadelphia. <laughs> We're gonna run up the score and put the boot in, <laughs> right? Absolutely, that's
2: what the, it's theflowershow.com. It's the first flower show in this country. It's the oldest flower show in, in the world. So
0: well,
2: we are and the And it's the
0: largest flower indoor flower show in the world. Absolutely, yep. And um, so, uh, but PHS is just phs.org? No, no it's phsonline.org, yep. Okay. Well, there's no, another no. PHS somewhere, huh? Yeah, absolutely.
2: Well, um, no, we just like the online, make sure people understand that that's what it is. But I think
0: there is probably another PHS out there. But yeah, PHS, Well, Sam, online, Sam though, no. we're, we're from Philly. We can right. take care of problems like this without having to, like... <laughs> change our name, that's asking us for too much. About that, I don't know what you're talking about, I don't know anything about that. It would, it <laughs> would help to beautify the area as well. Perhaps there more you... nutrition for the swamp behind the Philadelphia airport. You know, that's a that's an ecosystem back there.
2: You're the one who knows compost is great, right?
0: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, um, one other thing I wanna mention, uh, it, it, it just become official, you and I are going to do our special tour of oh, great. the central yes. exhibit in 2020 yep. and we'll be announcing that on the show where during pledge drive where people can pledge a certain amount and i'll meet them in center city we'll have a meet and greet and then we'll come see you and you and i will walk them through the central exhibit and talk about what it takes to achieve the yep. impossible
2: yeah we, we give them a little bit of behind the scenes of what it takes to put that event on and uh, and the entrance garden and all the, the details that it takes to do that and all the hard work. Uh, but we have some fun too, right, Mike? This oh, yeah. Are, I love this tour. This is one of my favorite tours of the year is to walk around with your group and, and, and they ask so many great questions. So if you've never done it before, please do, it's so great. We have a lot of great, great times and we answer all your questions and um, it's a great way to get a little bit behind the scenes of the
0: Flower Show. And I can't stress enough, how tickets to the show and membership in PHS is a great holiday gift. They don't need another sweater, okay? <laughs> they haven't opened up the box of sweaters yet from previous years. They don't need a sweater.
2: I mean, how, how easy is it? You know, it, what, the, the tickets are $35, where can you go? You can't go to anywhere in the south of France or the Mediterranean for $35, and we're gonna take you there. So get your tickets now. It's the best value right now is, um, is buying your tickets early. Um, and in advance, and buy them online, and um, you can make sure you have all the experiences that you want for the Flower Show. And we're going to take you away and transport you to the
0: to the Riviera and the Mediterranean. And I've done the math in previous years. Um, the memberships sometimes cost less than the price of the tickets you get.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure how that works, but maybe. You have to just check online and make sure that the, the pricing is, is correct this year. Maybe that wasn't correct like that, me, but yeah. <laughs> I think that, you know, sometimes there's some really good deals on the website. So go check it out.
0: Oh, right. Well, we're looking forward to going to the Riviera. Sam is going to charter uh, 1,800 planes. You know, you're <laughs> going to walk into the convention center, but then you're going to be on a boarding thing. Make sure you have your passport and Absolutely. we'll just pretend we're in the convention center.
2: Absolutely. And and we make, we try and make that convention center disappear with all the plants we have. and um, our designers uh, do an amazing job with creating these spaces and, you know, really just take you takes you away, Calgon, right? This is just a great way to to, to get out of the, the cold and, and the winter and come inside and just really know that spring is right around the corner. And that's what the Flower Show is all about. It's- and you can learn a lot of things, too, Mike, right? We talked about that. Not yeah. only could you get transported, but you get to learn so many great ideas and and, and and really some great tips and tricks from some of the experts here
0: at the Flower Show as well. These amazing demonstrations of house plants that are there in yeah. the horticourt that, you know, make you realize you've never grown anything in your life. <laughs> the lectures that go on all day. Will you have stage shows again this year like you have so in we, the past? Yep, absolutely, we do. We have, uh, we're, we're changing up
2: the design a little bit and the look and the feel and we're we're calling it the porch. So it's sort of like, you can sit on the porch and talk and interact with the guests, and um, they can ask questions. So we're making it a little bit more intimate. We're also adding in um, a mobile cart that will walk around and stop at different locations, and we'll have an MC with the cart, and they'll interview some of the exhibitors um, and so give you a little behind-the-scenes of what they've done and how they've created their exhibit and the, sort of the, the backstory on why they and, and how they created their exhibits, too. So that'll be mobile around, and will pop up all throughout the, the flower show during the week of the show and the dates uh we start february 29th this year whoa leap year is is throwing it into that and so we start february 29th and it runs all the way through
0: march 8th it is a better antidote to the month of march than prozac yeah (laughs) absolutely i said lots of oxygen in that room too with all the plants there absolutely uh our special guest sam lamhenney joined us via skype i thank him for taking the time uh, to speak with us. Sam, we're going to get you in the studio soon. And thanks for being on once again.
2: Absolutely. Can't wait to be there, Mike. And also can't wait to do the tour with you again. As always, it's always a lot of fun. Excellent. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Mike.
0: All right. Get back to work.
2: <laughs> thanks, Mike. I appreciate it. Thanks for thinking of us.
0: Bye-bye. See ya. Well, the weather's cooling down, but gardening is heating up. There's lots to plant and harvest. It's time for that big second season of salad greens and cold weather crops. And we'll tell you how to get it all done correctly and organically. Just give us a call at 833-727-9588. Well, it's time for me to take a little break and warn everybody in colder climates that rock salt can be deadly to lawns and other landscape plants. Instead, you want an alternative deicer like calcium chloride, potassium chloride, or magnesium chloride. But don't go running out to the hardware store before they sell out just yet, because we'll be right back with three great books that will make you a better gardener that also make great holiday gifts and more of your great phone calls. I'm Mike McGrath, and you're listening to You Bet Your Garden from the studios of Rodale Institute Radio at WLVT and WLVR in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Welcome back to You Bet Your Garden from the studios of Rodale Institute Radio at WLVR in Bethlehem, PA. I'm your host, Mike McGrath, and we're in the stretch now, cats and kittens. Just a little bit, we will review three of my favorite books. Not new books, but not really old books that are wonderful and make great holiday gifts for gardeners. In the meantime, however, we're taking more of your fabulous phone calls at 833-727-9588. Chris, welcome to You Bet Your Garden. Hi, Mike, glad to be here. I'm glad to have you here, Chris. Where is here for you?
3: So I'm in Silver City, New Mexico. It's in the southwest corner of New Mexico between Tucson and Las Cruces, New Mexico. Yeah, so the last few years I have grown Hopi squash. I've gotten those seeds
0: from the Native Seed Search in Tucson. Oh, of course. Yeah, they're good friends of mine.
3: Yeah, no, it's wonderful. And I've saved the seeds. um, But the last couple of years, I've had a little bit of powdery mildew. This year, the plants Mm -hmm. were covered with powdery mildew. And we were gone when it first came. I didn't get on top of it. So I'm just wondering that. The squash that grew, I actually had one Hopi squash that was two feet long, mm-hmm. beautiful, had about eight Hopi squash. Mm-hmm. And when the powdery mildew just really overtook the whole plant, I went ahead and harvested them. So I, I've i tasted those squash. They don't have great flavor, um, but I've saved the seeds. And my biggest questions are, is the powdery mildew now in the soil, and are those seeds worth – sharing and resewing next year, um, does the powdery mildew affect the squash, affect the seeds, affect the soil?
0: Okay, great questions. Now, the squash that you said just didn't have the best flavor. It was not bitter, was it?
3: Not bitter at all. No, I've heard your podcast about the bitter squash. And, isn't, that you know, crazy, isn't that a crazy
0: thing? Isn't that a crazy thing?
3: I've been paying attention to that for Good, sure. good, good. Um,
0: the reason your squash did not have full flavor is you harvested them early, and I presume you right. let them ripen up inside?
3: Yes. No, in fact, there's still some ripening, but even... Yeah. Several weeks after I harvested them, I just yeah. felt like, well, did I have to harvest them too early because the vine just died?
0: Well, once the vines have died, the fruits are getting no nutrition. They might, right. as, they might as well be inside where they can be protected from mice and stuff. But, yes, uh, pumpkins and squash, you know, all pumpkins are squash, not all squash are pumpkins, um, do have the ability, once they reach full size... To achieve full ripeness, I mean, with pumpkins, it's amazing because they go from green to orange on your um, kitchen counter. But they, oh. you know, depending on how early you pick them, they probably will not have a completely full flavor. Um, but okay. that's not going to translate to the seeds, except did the seeds have enough time to become fully grown and viable? That's right. the issue uh, when you're saving seed you want the, the fruit to be dead ripe, to be beyond ripe, to make sure that the seeds have fully matured. So this is really easy. Once a couple of weeks or months have gone by, I want you to do a germination test. Just okay. take a couple of your dried seeds, uh, put them in damp paper towels, and then put those in a Ziploc, but don't zip it. And just keep it out on the kitchen counter Mist it with a sprayer with just plain water every once in a while. And if the seeds are viable, you'll get sprouts. And, and by, the, by the way, you can eat those sprouts. Those sprouts are delicious and nutritious. Okay. Um, but if you don't get anything, then you probably want to move up to planting a couple of seeds in a, you know, a pot with potting soil in it. And keeping it in a warm place, maybe your house in the city or whatever, um, and keeping that watered. And if nothing comes up from there, um, then the, the, the seeds are just immature and you probably want to start out with a fresh run. Okay. Now, did, so you, did you grow other squash. S- other squash in the area? No. Okay, because mm-hmm. you, you mm-hmm. are aware Perfect. of the dangers of cross-pollination. Right,
3: right. Okay. If the, se-
0: so- if the seeds germinate, you're fine. There is the, the, the downy mildew and powdery mildew. These are, uh, these are creatures of temperature and humidity and crowdedness. So, okay. you know, if your plants were crowded, and it's difficult for squash not to get crowded, um, think about spreading them out a little bit more so there's more okay. airflow between them. If you are concerned that this pathogen is in your environment, um, prepare a milk spray. Um, You want one part milk to 10 parts water. Mix it up and spray it on the leaves in the morning. It is the craziest home remedy I ever heard of at Organic Gardening Magazine, but it works. It is a total preventative. If the mildew shows up, and it's only affecting some leaves. Generally, it goes for the older leaves first. You know, mm-hmm. okay. uh, you know, get them out of there, because okay. it's the newer leaves that are photosynthesizing more than the older ones anyway. Sure. And sure. then begin spraying with neem oil. You're familiar with that, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, got, th- got th- that's that. a very natural uh plant disease treater. So to prevent it, you want the ten percent milk spray. To fight it, you want the neem oil. If the growth is really lush, it's never wrong to take off a couple of old leaves even before anything shows up. Airflow is everything. Great.
3: Now that sounds good. Great. Mike, thank you so much. I've been listening to your show for about two years and really love it.
0: Well, thank you, Chris. It's good to be heard in New Mexico.
3: All right. Take care. Bye-bye. You
0: too. Bye bye. As promised, it's time for the question of the week. Perfect Picture Books for Gardener Gifts. You know, this time of year when the holidays are roaring down on us like a freight train, I always suggest practical gifts for gardeners. Things like water-powered weeders, flame weeders, permethrin-treated trousers for tick protection, and BTI dunks and granules for mosquito prevention. But I'm going to double down on the topic this year by also continuing our ongoing book club, where I recommend some of my favorite gardening books. This time out, the books are Gift Level Pictorial and Garden Helpful. Let's begin with Bees, an up-close look at pollinators around the world by Sam Drogi and Lawrence Packer. Voyager Press 2015, cover price 25 bucks. Every time I look at this beautiful and insightful book, it blows my mind astonishing photos of native bees from every continent, at least every continent that has bees, with brief but wonderful text about their habits. There's the Australian minute baldy that looks like a glow-in-the-dark charm you'd get from a gumball machine. How minute is it? To misquote a tobacco commercial that was popular in the 60s, just a silly two millimeters long. But they do a great job of pollinating plants in the myrtle family, especially eucalyptus, from one cultivar of which we derive one of the best natural mosquito repellents. Moving on, quote, the island of New Guinea, note the authors, is the center of diversity for badass bees. So named because they look, well, they look really badass. Next up is Africa and its, quote, caramel-colored cuckoo. Like all insects and birds named, quote, cuckoo, these bees lay their eggs in the nests of other bees in a way that defies detection. The babies of both parents emerge, but the cuckoo is, quote, armed with huge mandibular scimitars. It is a bee-eat-bee world out there, cats and kittens. In South America, we find the candy apple green black-winged cuckoo orchid bee. Not making that up. The tomato colored bee, which really is, and the long-nosed sand lover. That is one heck of a schnoz on that thing. And we're only halfway through the book, but we gotta move on to Pollination Power by Heather Angel from the University of Chicago Press, 2016. Cover price, 40 bucks. Elegantly printed in Italy on massively heavy stock, This true coffee table book is a tour de force, granting equal time to fabulous plants and the pollinators who love them. You know, or maybe it's the other way around. The relationship between plants and pollinators is to go all Disney, a tale as old as time. Plants have evolved to more than just lure their pollinators. Most have doorways that only certain species can enter. These pollinators come for some richly sweet nectar, but to get it, they have to go through a forest of pollen that clings to them. And then some of that pollen gets deposited next door when the pollinator moves on to another plant. The book features striking images of plants alone, like the, quote, luminously turquoise colored jade vine and the, quote, pin-eyed bog bean flower. But of course, the best images are plants and pollinators getting it on. Like the bumblebee who exits a squash flower completely covered in pollen. Or the rainbow lorikeet feeding on nectar from a quote, drunken parrot tree. I want one of those. Honey possums, the crazy looking bee fly whose impressively long proboscis, gets covered in pollen as it sucks nectar down lower and my personal favorite, the hummingbird moths. I always love to see those in my garden. For diversity, we also have the gecko who pollinates plants while lapping up their nectar in Madagascar and then tries to sell you car insurance. Beautiful butterflies, birds, bats, beetles, flies, and many more. The book also covers anti-pollinators that either rob the plants by getting the nectar while avoiding the pollen, or creatures that lurk nearby and eat the pollinators, like the truly scary looking white crab spider. The book ends with a guide to pollinator-friendly plants, as well as plants with flowers that are pretty, but pretty useless to pollinators. We close with a book that salutes both pollinators and other beneficial insects, attracting beneficial bugs to your garden. By Jessica Wallister, Timber Press 2014, cover price $24.95. That's a heck of a lot cheaper than $25. This book has lots of photos, but they're all tied directly to useful information for home gardeners, like showing clearly what the rarely seen beneficial ground beetle looks like. What a caterpillar looks like after it's been parasitized with the larva of a predatory mini wasp. Don't squash that one now. And what the eggs of a ladybug look like. Really cool. The chapter on beneficial bug profiles goes into great detail about beneficials like the wonderfully named minute pirate bug. Arg which attacks a huge number of scurvy pests. There's a great close-up photo of the glowworm, the larval form of the lightning bug, and the enemy of slugs and snails. A beautiful photo of a dragonfly, the best beneficial for use against mosquitoes, and a great photo of a praying mantis egg case, which I saw in my garden this fall. There are also chapters on the best plants for beneficials, garden plans for a beneficial friendly garden, and more. There's so much info that this book is going to be dog-eared within a year. Is that a real year or a dog year?
3: little box little
2: box in a box a box a box in a box little box in a box in a box a box a box in a box little box in a 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 box.
0: Well, those sure were three cool books for you all now, wasn't they? Luckily for you, you can read the info over at your leisure or your leisure. Because the Question of the Week appears in print at the Gardens Alive website. Just click the link for the Question of the Week at our website, which is still, and will forever be, youbetsyourgarden.org. Gardens Alive supports the You Bet Your Garden Question of the Week, and you will always find the latest Question of the Week where at the Garden's Alive website. Yikes, my producer has threatened to turn the temp up to Fahrenheit 451. If I don't get out of this studio, we must be out of time. But you can call us anytime at 833-727-9588 or send us your email. You're tired. You're poor. You're wretched refuse teeming towards our garden shore at YBYG at WLVT. .org please include your location you'll find all of our contact information plus answers to literally hundreds of your garden questions audio of this show video of this show audio and video of old shows and our internationally renowned podcast it's all at our website youbetyourgarden.org You Bet Your Garden is a half-hour public television show, an hour-long public radio show, and podcast, all produced and delivered to you weekly by Rodale Institute Television and Radio in association with WLVT and WLVR, PBS 39 in Bethlehem, PA. Our radio show is distributed by PRX, the public radio exchange. You Bet Your Garden was created by Mike McGrath. Mike McGrath was created by George Lucas and Steven Spielberg. Ken Queer plays our theme song. Our chief content officer is Yoni Greenbaum. Our engineer is cheerful Charlie Sarah. Our social media director is Amanda, not McGrath, now Northley. Check out her fine work at the U Baker Garden Facebook page. Our peerless princess of profound production is Tavia Minnick. Our website wonder is Anastasia Weckerley. Our audio editor is Jazzy Jonas Bowen. Our video editor is Judicious Jake Boyer. Our harassed and harried director is Javier Diaz. Carlin Canfield is running the camera this week. Zach the may or may not be in the house. Either way, our beloved and beleaguered CEO Tim Fallon, who is not our executive producer, is in the house, but he's reading one of our suggested books and is thus, late for a meeting. I'm your host, Mike McGrath, and I'll be getting learned real good so I can present more great books for gardeners by the time I see you again next week. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, boy. Where's the ball? Where's the ball? Ready? Go get it, boy. That's a good boy. Drop it. Drop it. Good boy. Good boy.
3: Loyal Partners. Throughout life, you have many different partners. Shouldn't you have one for the most important aspect of life? Your health. Lehigh Valley Health Network. Your health deserves a partner. Learn more at lvhn.org.
0: It's that ho, ho, ho time of year, gardeners, spelled H-O-E, of course. And so on the next thrilling episode of You Bet Your Garden, we continue our gift suggestions with three more books that the weeder on your list will love. Plus, we speak with yet another teenage scientist out to save the world. And we'll also take your fabulous phone calls. That's on the next You Bet Your Garden.